Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. Welcome back. Yes. To sunny England. Thank you. Uh, I've missed seeing films with you, actually. Yes. Uh, I only got to see one when I was in Spain. What did um, you say? I saw this fantastic film by, by Joseph Losey called Prowler in the Night, which is a combination of Italian neorealism, but like done five years later, um, and film noir. You know, it was just. It's a film from the 1950s. It's a film from the 1950s. It was done at the height of the McCarthy era. Okay. Uh, and Joseph Losey was basically exiled. So, you know, the film was really released under the name of an Italian director. Um, so I want to write a blog post on that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express. The new version of Murder on the Orient Express. Produced by Ridley Scott, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, big 65mm production. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Dunkirk, these are the two big kind of keeping 65mm alive because no one shoots in that these days. Yes. Um, we didn't see it in that. We just saw it in the digital projection at, at Cine World. Yes, though it was very lovely to see. It was very lovely to see. It's, it's um, it's quite. It, it's nice to look at. It's, that's that's a nice way to open it, I guess. Yes, it looks beautiful. Uh, I think actually that. Well, I'm a big fan of these Agatha Christie adaptations, though none of them are really great films. And actually, you don't expect them to be great films. So you know, they're all star productions. They're often in exotic locales. They're often in the past. And really, kind of the pleasure that you expect from them is glamour surroundings, an all-star cast of, you know, stars uh, who get a little bit of a number, right? And we each get a turn. Each get a turn, yeah. you know, wearing beautiful clothes uh, and the, the, the solution of the crime, right? That's kind of what you expect of this, of this kind of uh, uh, film. So and in a way, I suppose that's what, uh, that's what it's, it's... It delivers. I don't know. I thought it was quite. I mean, I thought it was quite enjoyable. No, no. I just mean on those counts. On those counts. I yeah. I was seeing seeing a bunch of good actors, big names, uh, in nice clothes. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and we should say as well before we get. We're obviously going to spoil the plot. Like this is one where it is a who done it. If you don't know who done it, we're going to ruin it. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. We don't need to. Well, I, I think we probably will end up because I, I think there's something. I know you to will. Talk. Well, no, but I think there may be something interesting to talk about. In okay, that. no, that's um, fair enough. Anyway, I think from a, you know from a perspective of someone who's interested in cinema, you know, uh, one of the interesting things is you know how these films almost rely or rely almost entirely on star personas, right? Mm. So basically, part of the pleasure of watching these films is how, you know, a big star, but generally a big star of the past, right, who is an iconic figure, really, you know, how they come and do their turn, right? When you say a big star of the past, do you mean as in watching old movies or as in watching... Yes, for example, in... No. You mean like Michelle Pfeiffer... Exactly. Who is not currently a huge star the way she used to be. Exactly. And she's in this. And even Johnny Depp or, you know, Penelope Cruz or, you know... I mean, in the in the original murder, murder on the Orient Express, you had Sean Connery and Vanessa Redgrave, mm. you know, who were who were quite big names then, and Sean was a huge star. But oh. then you also had people like Ingrid Bergman and yeah, right. Richard Widmark and you know Anthony Perkins, people who's who's who'd been pa- who you know whose peak period had passed, yes. right? But who were instantly recognizable to film fans. And part of the pleasure of watching these films is to see them. And to either see them enact what they're iconic for, or play against it, play against it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, and you know, I love I love these films for those reasons, really. Mm. Uh, uh, and often they're not they're not very good. Some of them are really quite bad. But you know, in a in a, I remember like in Death on the Nile, I mean Angela Lansbury, who, who plays like you know this nineteen uh, twenties authoress of steamy novels, right? Like, you know, she she does this fantastic tango with David Niven that's just like a little comic masterpiece, right? Half mm. drunk. You know, so so that you know, that's the kind and Betty Davis, you know, who plays like this really mean countess with Maggie Smith as her governess, right? You remember you remember you yeah, they give actors the sh- uh, stars 
a chance to shine, a brief moment, right, where they could do, you know, where they bring in all the meanings that they already carry with them, you know, as film stars and do something kind of different with it or, or, or you know, enact it in the way that you expect and in a way that becomes kind of a pleasure for the viewer. And is that something that you felt happened in, in this uh, 2017 Murder on the Orient Express? Well, I thought in this uh, version of the Mor- of Murder on the Orient Express, it, that did happen. Uh, and, but also you can't help but compare it to the previous version. Well, right? I can because I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, and I haven't read the book. So, I, I mean, I came to the... I, mean, I knew what the vague... It's, it's iconic, Murder on the Orient Express. So I knew it was about a bunch of people on a train and Poirot solves a murder. Yes. But, um, uh, and I'd seen kind of parodies and stuff, but uh, I didn't know the story. I didn't know who'd done it. Yes, you didn't know who'd done it. I did. Um, anyway, there, there were certain things. We'll talk more about the stars and so on later. Uh, but one of the things that drove me crazy about this film, you know, so on the one hand, I think it was quite pleasurable because, you know, in a way, how could it not be? On the other hand, I also thought it was quite mediocre. Yes. You know, and that was announced from the very beginning where you see this, you see a conversation with Poirot, you know, and somebody like a minor uh, character in Istanbul, I think. And all of a sudden, you know, you get into the, this extremely high up shot looking down and you think, why? Like, what is that meant to express? Why are we seeing the shot from from up there? Why? Are we, yeah, I, I, I noticed that and very early on. You're going, there are so many ways, so many angles to shoot this moustache from. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be seeing it a lot. Uh, 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 I mean, there was no rhyme or reason from putting the camera up there. It didn't express anything. It kind of, it created variation amongst the shots. So in a way, you know, I suppose there's an element in which, um, I mean, there's a plus to that, which is that you never get bored. Like, the, well, you know, and the, it was kind of interesting to look at. Like yeah. it was, it wasn't a kind of uh, artless shot, but it wasn't as expressive as it kind of indicated it. It's like it thinks it's more special than it is at points. Well, actually, I was I was fascinated by it, so I kept looking for it in the rest of the film. And the thing is that there are very artful and interesting compositions, mm. right? And clearly the main project of the film has been how do you shoot this in a train compartment, right? And, and in some ways, it's very, very successful. It's almost always interesting to look at. Mm. But then it's also not good enough because... Those interesting compositions are not in themselves meaningful, right? It's not as if by putting the camera up there or down there or outside or whatever, he's actually conveying something about the drama unfolding. Yeah. He's just kind of keeping the audience from being bored, For the right? most part. Uh, I think it's, I, I, it's elegantly directed, I think, but not very meaningful. Like, it's, it's, it's really surface. Yes. I, what it does do quite nicely, which, which goes along with this uh, kind of elegance, is... Um, it uses uh, the long take uh, a lot and quite nicely. Like it will, it will basically orchestrate these shots where you could do them in a load of cross cutting, a, a load of um, you know, kind of back and forth uh, cutting here there. But it just goes, well, we can do this in one shot, so let's. Mm. And it's more, it's more elegant for that. But it's very nice to look it at. It is very nice to look at, <laughs> and it's the kind whole, of evolving. The whole film is very nice to look at, and actually, you know, the clothes and the jewelry and so on is all you know, very nice to look at. Uh, and I loved seeing some of the performers, actually. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very glad I went to see it, but it's very unsatisfying. And one of the interesting things for me is, you know, which performers erase your memory of the originals and, and which don't, okay. you know? Uh, so, for example, I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was just, like, fantastic. Yeah, she right? was great. Uh, and and I think in combination with the performance that she gave in Mother, I mean, I think for me, she's like, you know, one of the yeah. performers of the year. I think it's Come like... Come back queen. Well, it's too great. I mean, I think she's... It's lovely to see, you know, an actress like that making a career for herself, you know, past middle age. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, she's now, I don't know how old she is. Oh, I'll find but, out for you because um, I always do. But she doesn't hide any of her wrinkles, and she looks. How, at least have a guess for me. How, guess how old she is. I, w- I would have imagined that she's about sixty, or. Well, you're right. She's fifty-nine. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, so uh, anyway, was that? It was right. a... She's 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 kind of wiry and and sort of indecent and fierce and. Yeah. 
you, you just fire behind her eyes. You, can, you know, I want to know what's, what she's up to all the time. I loved seeing her. And she has a role, right? Because there were other people who I love, you know, but like Penelope Cruz is wasted, really. And it's very mm. interesting because, you know, her role, I think, in the original was really played by Ingrid Bergman, who won the Academy Award for it. I mean, it's a ridiculous part and, you know, but very memorably played. Incredibly pious. Uh, yeah. And, you know, people do imitations of Ingrid Bergman, you know, mm. uh, as an African missionary in that part. But she's very memorable. I also thought that Wendy Hillier in the part played by Judy Dench here was was much better than Judy Dench. You know, uh, she she brought kind of like this mystery and drama and you really felt, you know, she was an aristocrat, whereas you know, with Judy Dench, you feel she's like a podgy middle-class wife, you know, in dress-up, really. <laughs> speak for yourself. Well, well she'll uh, always be empty. I man. can't speak for anyone else. <laughs> uh, so, and I loved seeing Sergei Polunin. Actually, nobody has mentioned that Sergei Polunin is in this film. And he's really just, you know, the, the premier dancer of this period. It's a joy to watch him in movement. He gets almost nothing to do here. You know, basically, you, from the first shot, I thought, oh, my God, isn't he beautiful? <laughs> you, you were having a little crisis over him. Yes, I love him. Uh, and, for you. and then he's given a few silly things, which is obviously what he likes to do. So he's given a little action scene, but obviously he didn't do it so well that it's mostly cut out, really. Um, so, But I thought I, I loved seeing him in this. Um, and then there were a lot, you know, there were other people who I thought were very, were very wonderful in it. What did you think of Poirot, Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh. I really liked him. I, um, I think the film, I can't, you know, I don't know about the other ones, but I think it's probably possible to do these, to do, tell these stories in quite a po-face sort of way. Uh-huh. And, and this one has a real sense of humour about it. Yes. And uh, so what, so Poirot is, I mean, he, he does have his kind of, he, he makes little sardonic kind of uh, quips and barbs every now and again. There's one that really made me laugh early on where they're trying to, his friend who runs the train is trying to get him on the train and the conductor is saying, well, there's no room, every single room is booked. Um, and they're rushing around the station having this argument and uh, someone says, are you joining us? And, and Poirot says... It depends who wins this debate. Yes, you know, I really, I laughed at that for about ten seconds. Well, um, but what really, what I think really sums it up in a way is actually his character. I think is quite well presented. So you've got he he's in bed and he has a moustache protector. Yes, and his moustache comes in two layers. Yeah, there's a moustache and there's a bigger one beneath it. Yes, which is funny, but it's also kind of it's precise and it's, it's mannered. It's part of the Poirot thing. Yeah, yeah. but the 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 moustache uh, protector. Has is itself two layered. It has this extra little bump in it to protect. So that's like not only is that sort of, yeah, uh, he's very precise and he has things his way and he must be you know, but also, it's funny, right? It's funny that he's got a special moustache protector for his special moustache. Yes, the film. I, I and his accent. I enjoy. It. I have no idea what a Belgian sounds like. Probably nothing like Kenneth Branagh. I really liked him. Yes. Well, I I. I liked him, and I thought he was very skilled, you know. But I also thought that um, him directing the film imbalanced it. I, I thought that Poirot gets given way too much screen time in comparison to, you know, um, the other version. Well, actually, that's not true of the television Poirots. But in relation to the other films, you know, the Poirot character is meant to be one amongst many star turns. Mm. And here he dominates the film, you know. And actually, I think it's interesting because he dominates the film and yet he's not a film star, you know. Like, there's no pleasure in watching him unless he's doing something, right? He's a very skilled actor, but he's not, you know... He's... I don't know. I mean, I really enjoyed seeing his big performing moustache. I liked seeing... You see, the... you're talking about the moustache. Yeah, but <laughs> I liked but, I mean, the way he looks and the way he kind of... Just is I like seeing him on screen. I like the way he interacts with everybody, and he's kind of he's you know he's obviously suspicious, right? But he's uh, curious, and and, I, and also I think he conveyed very well the idea that he's tired, right? This is supposed to be his holiday, yes. And then he's kind of you know he's like oh, I'm too old for the shit. And he goes back into work, and but he spends the whole time going I really didn't want to do this. Well, I, I wish he'd done less, and he's given us more time, you know, yeah. with Penelope Cruz and Johnny Depp and. 
everybody else who's who's in this who's so great really i kind of uh, understood it i suppose to be poirot's film i guess i mean yes. you know but because because he because agatha christie wrote the poirot stories and he's in all of them so i guess i kind of understood them to be i think in the novel that would stories. probably be true mm-hmm. you know certainly i remember it that way but i think the films are different you know the reason for having an all-star cast is that you want them all to shine really mm. um and i think him taking up so much room means there's other, there's less room for other people it's as simple as that and I he's the I director think, <laughs> well yeah well, I, mean, I, I mean yes I, I i see what you're getting at i don't think you're wrong necessarily but i, I kind of didn't really have a problem with it in the way that you did right. i do think that Penelope cruz was wasted she had almost nothing to do i do think that judy dench uh was essentially wasted as well she had a couple of funny bits but she doesn't got anything to do olivia coleman just is so underneath it all she probably she she's has two star. lines you she's know. not a star but i mean i love olivia coleman i want to see more of her yes. everything um but then you know some of the others you know johnny depp obviously has quite a bit to do until he gets yes killed. and he's uh, very good i enjoy watching and, he, him. and actually yeah uh, johnny depp he was summed, in, summed up in community as, as the bad kind of good johnny depp the good the, kind of bad you mean the, yeah the, the, no 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 the, <laughs> the, the bad kind there's of good. one point where abed says Oh, I'll find it. Uh, this is a just, just quick digression, but um, it's a funny bit. Uh, yeah, because he's trying to work out. He's trying. He, he doesn't. He, he takes a course on Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and he tries to work out: is he good or is he bad? Every actor is something. Robert Downey Jr. good. Jim Belushi bad. Jean Claude Van Damme the good kind of bad. Johnny Depp the bad kind of good. <laughs> I, which I kind of think sums up. Like J- Johnny Depp is. When I see him in something, when I, when I know he's in something. I'm really dreading that he's going to really ham it up and overdo it and stuff. And then often he surprises me and and I enjoy him, as I did in this. Sometimes I'm absolutely right and he's terrible. <laughs> he's really, you know, really is overdoing it. But I think I, he really suits this role. I think everyone suits their roles. I think it's well cast. I think it's very well cast. I think people are not given um, enough, enough to do. What I would say uh, is it felt brief to me. This is this is going on to the plot as well. By the point it got to summing it up and solving the case, I thought this has been quite brief. Like I, it got into the it got into everyone's story, but kind of not enough. Mm. And but then I suppose like actually, if you were gonna, like really, you want to just do it in real time and actually have like three days on this train. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I kind of I I found it, like I said, I found it enjoyable, but I also think it's not very good. Right. Um, so and it's enjoyable because it looks so beautiful. It's very beautifully lit yeah, and very beautifully filmed. Um, but I, I, I mean, the weaknesses for me are there have been better Poirots than, than Kenneth Branagh. And he's too selfish. He gives himself too much time. And in doing so, he prevents other people from from having their moment, really. Uh, uh, and I would put Penelope Cruz as as, as being one of them. Um, yeah, she's number one in that. Yeah. Um, so so it's kind of it's a mildly satisfying film. Yeah, reasonably satisfying. I mean, I think also the fact that you knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, actually, that's something I meant to ask you. I mean, was it suspenseful? Because obviously, um, it wasn't for me. Well, we may get onto that in a second. What I will, um, what I was going to say is one additional point. I wanted to bring up about how it looked is it's very very heavy on uh, close-ups. Yes, um, and not just I noticed that not as just well. close-ups, but like real prop, not like head and shoulders, not mid- yeah. moderate. Really, really goes into the face quite a bit um, to to the point where you really notice it. And also, we were sat in the front row. Yes, because some fucking bitch took our seats. <laughs> <laughs> Erase that because <laughs> some lady took our seats and um, and. Which, you know, at the front row is always too close. It distorts the screen and makes it huge. But then there is something, there is something, I think, quite magical I like when you're sat right way. up to the front no. and you see a big close-up of Josh mm. Gad's huge fucking fat face mm. trying to come up with an excuse for what he's done. Yes. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's pretty special. But it was too many close-ups. I thought, I thought that the combination of CGI and this kind of relentless use of close-ups, it's... It, it gave it a TV movie feel, like a, a really glamorous... No, I didn't feel that. You didn't feel that? I think the close-up was used in... in I think he's trying to sort of guess at... Um, you, want, you want to be inspecting people's faces when they're talking to Poirot 
You know, that's what I think that's what he's trying to get at. I'm not saying it's entirely successful, but I think that's what he's trying to get at, the idea that you, you want to get into the details of what people... That would explain the use of close-ups in some parts mm. of the narrative. It wouldn't explain the relentless use of close-ups. Yeah. You know? Well, that's and why actually, I it's not entirely successful. I think yeah. that may have been the idea. I think, there's, I think there's an interesting tension between the moments of spectacle, right? The moments where you're outside on the train, or actually the last shot, which is... You know, it's meant to make you go, wow, with the train going off in one direction and Poirot walking off in another and then the car kind of, you know, headed to another direction. And it's got like a sweeping panoramic view mm. that's very impressive. And and the film has a few of those moments, right? Mm -hmm. The Istanbul, the people waving at the train. Um, so, you know, there's that, there's a kind of a, a tension between those shots that are, I suppose are meant to be the money shots of spectacle but, you know, then in between, like, there is a, a, an excessive use of close-up, which, again, it doesn't seem motivated to me, um, and which I thought was um, not very good. Yeah. Fair enough. No. I, actually, I, I like the way they looked. I, um, and, not, and not because I think, I think... I think the motivation behind them may have been, like, say, the idea of, of inspecting people's facial tics for lies and stuff like that, but... Um, but I don't think that's the entire... But if it was meant to it. be... If it was... If if it's primary... You see, this is the thing where I think it raises an issue of, of current cinema. Because if if the film was primarily designed to be seen on a big screen, mm -hmm. then you could get all of that in a medium shot. You could get all of that actually in a shot where you see the actor's whole body and you'd still be able to no, see sure. everything they're thinking and that's feeling. Why, that's why I say... In their I, face. I, I, know, I know what you mean, but I think it, it's also stylistic. Like, you notice it, right? This isn't kind of... It's not, I don't think it's accidental that these shots are so close up. Oh, I don't think they're accidental, but I think they're detrimental. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. But like I said, this is why I'm saying it's... I think this was... Like, the inception of these shots. You know, the idea behind these shots may have been that. And then there's so much from beyond that as to how successful they are and stuff. I... I I kind of I liked the way they looked. To be fair, I, I I thought it was interesting. I liked the. I think the face is one of the most interesting things to look at. You know, that's why it I, is. We, well, we, without we, a doubt, why the close up is a shot. Well, without a doubt, but I also think it loses uh, impact and significance if that becomes a dominant shot in a film. Mm. And actually, I think you know, I mean, people like William Wyler and John Ford have said you have to ration the close up. You know, the close up is very invasive. Think of how you normally watch people, right? You don't get that close, right? So in life, mm. so so you're you know kind of it, it's best if it's used for its full impact, not if it's used as a default. And I thought in this film it's used as a default. It's used a little bit too often. I'll get, I mean that's certainly that's certainly true. And like I said, I'm not defending it the whole way. I just sort of you know I liked it. Okay, let's let's move. It's not the most important, not the most intelligent point. Um, let's get on to the plot because I think the plot is interesting. I think we should talk about. The way things go, and so so someone's killed Johnny Depp, and there are what eight or nine people yes. uh, on this train who could have done it. Anyway, the thing about the plot is that you know that's one of the things that Agatha Christie was a mistress of, mm. you know, kind of doing these quite intricate plots. Uh, and actually, I think also that's why Agatha Christie movies are Agatha Christie is so suited to this type of movie, because basically she's got these marvelous plots in these marvelous locales, right? And she writes characters as if, you know, through a, a very small set of characteristics. She sketches characters, really. And they're all types, right? Mm. Which may, means they're perfect casting for movie stars. So basically what you have is these types kind of, you know, that are revolved around the resolution of a mystery that has to be resolved. And kind of the person who you know most about, who is also a type, is really either Miss Marple or Poirot or, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a famous uh, uh, a character whom you already know, and the and actually the trailer for this film, um, it, 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 there's this uh, shot that everyone's sitting in the dining car, looking towards the camera, and the camera moves tracks forward through the dining car, and as it introduces the characters, it says, you know, the governess, the mm. countess, mm. the 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 accountant, the whatever, and so the, and it is introducing them as the types. Yes. Um, and I think that's great. You know, you want to be you want to be able to talk about the film as like the accountant did this, yes. and the the gangster did that. It's, I think one of the things that is lost in this current version. So again, you know, dealing with like um, you know things that were just so famous in their time, 
the 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 original Agatha Christie story is loosely based on the Lindbergh kidnapping, mm. right? I don't know if you know about it, but I know vaguely about the, the Lindbergh baby. That's right, right. So so that's kind of like the original source of the story, and then you know, so that's the background, not the original source, the original the background to the original story, which yeah, I'm sure inspiration. Yeah, I'm sure nobody knows of anymore, really. Um, I think it's still a phrase. I don't think people know the specifics, but people know that the Lingbo Baby was captured. It was a huge... All right, not, okay. not captured, but uh, yeah, kidnapped. And that's interesting. A... I wouldn't have expected that. Well, well I, I've heard of it. So right. take, take from that what you will. Like, I haven't heard of most things. Right. <laughs> I know of the Lindbergh Baby. Right, okay. Um, so, and what did you think of those black and white scenes taking you back to it? I mean, I didn't think much. I mean, like, I, don't know, I thought they were bad. I thought they were fine. It's just they didn't really. I thought they were bad. <laughs> I mean, they, well, they 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 were certainly unimaginative. Yes. Like when when you do a flashback to something like that, it's always done in that same black and white way with a bit of a voiceover. There's nothing imaginative to those whatsoever. Nothing no. inventive about them. Um, That's for sure. Okay, so you were saying about the plot. Yeah. So. Um, so. This gangster has been killed, and as Poirot, Poirot the, the train has broken down, um, so they're all just stuck in this snowdrift. And Poirot says, "Someone on one of you did this, mm. um, and I'm going to have to find out who." He's reluctant to initially, but he's talked into it. He goes, "I've got to figure this out because because the way he's talked into it actually is quite nice." He says, "The conductor of the train, his friend, says if you leave this to the police, they're just going to pin it on the black guy. They're going to pin mm. it on the Mexican." Not Mexican, Hispanic, Hispanic, uh, Hispanic person, and um, because they don't like him, and someone innocent is going to go to jail. So, he, so he's kind of from a sense of justice, says, "Okay, well, I've, I've got to do this." Then, yeah, that Hispanic actor, by the way, was wonderful. I, I thought he really made something out of you know the the ten lines he it's had. Very little, yeah, yeah. When he was interrogated, I thought he was really charismatic. His name is uh, Manuel Garcia Rulfo. He's he's the one uh, they. Uh, that's when they show three or four people into cuss at the same time being in, interrogated, right? He's the one. No, who's... he had a he had a he had his own brief moment, right? Yeah. But he was the chauffeur who then starts a car dealership, you know, and uh, is quite well to do. Which one was? Was he the one who was? Yeah, he was the one who was kind of smiling and saying, yes. "I never, I don't lie anymore." Yes. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I mean. One. That's the one. He was okay. he was intercut with a few other people at the same time. They kind of getting through the interrogation okay. for that point. I thought, but no, was, you're right. I, I thought he created was a character out of, uh, out of ah. very little. Yeah. Um, he really made an impression. And the other yes. person whom I don't know who made an impression was the the um, the young actress who played Palunin's wife. Uh, let's dig her Lucy up. Lucy Boynton. Lucy Boynton. She was marvelous. Countess Helena Andreni. Yes. Andreni. Um, I thought she was marvelous, and uh, again, kind of doing, you know, evoking a whole character out of very little, really. Yeah, she was good. Um, anyway, so I'll, I'll get <laughs> through this fucking plot eventually. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it turns out that everyone has a, everyone kind of knows uh, this 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 gangster guy. Um, it's not his real name, but everyone mm. has some connection to him, and he was connected to this case that Poirot was also involved in a long mm. time ago that he failed to solve, I think. Well, he it? didn't get the letter in time. He didn't get the letter the in time. Um, there, are, there are elements to the, to the plot which I I guess we'll come on to, but I just couldn't keep up with certain parts, and I found certain parts confusing. So everyone's connected to this Anderson character who had their baby uh, killed. Yes. Um, and this guy, this... Ratchet. Well, that's not his real name, but mm. he 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 came in through the window years ago and killed this kid. Mm. Um, and I don't know, maybe stole some stuff. He's a bad dude, and everyone has been everyone has been put through pain because of this somehow. So so um, his uh, governess is on the train, and uh, maid is on the train, and the sister is on the train, and obviously you don't know this from the start. Mm. This all comes out yeah. as the story progresses. All unfolds, yes, and. And I, and I am going, I don't know who did this, right? Everyone right. obviously has got their reason. That's what you're expecting. Everyone has to have some motivation. Turns out everyone is really intimately connected with this guy. Um, everyone could have done it. Everyone could have done it. And, uh, and you know, I was kind of going back and forth. Like, I thought Michelle Pfeiffer made the most sense. I thought she did. I thought that when she was stabbed in the back, I thought she'd actually stabbed herself in the back. Uh-huh. Um, because that was the angle that the thing went in. And I thought, oh, well, that would be a good way to cover it. And I, 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 <laughs> thought, I thought there was someone else there. I thought, um, 
as it turns out, they all did it. It mm. was a plan they were all involved in, mm. and they they and that's why he was stabbed so many times. They all took their turn, and um, which I thought was actually a great criticism because it, it's a great plot. What happens is the film it's it's it kind of usual suspects you right. Spoiler alert for the usual suspects coming up. Mm. In case you haven't seen that, but basically everything's a lie, right? Everything that everything that everyone tells you about what happened last night is a lie, mm. and which which is incredibly disappointing. <laughs> Because a lot of what you've heard is really not relevant. Like, like, for instance, when the doctor says, I can vouch for the accountant, I was with him all night, we were drinking. Well, I mean, that's not even... Like, he was lying, but it's not even a lie to cover anything up. It's just total bullshit. Because it's not... I'm not sure about that. I mean, because, you know, both things could be true. I was with him all night, and, you know, I was with him murdering someone all night. Because then, cause then, cause then like, it, the, the film goes on to try and say, oh, well, actually, he was lying about that. He drugged him so he could do this. And, and you go, well... But that's also nonsense as well, because it turned out that they were just all up, all killing this Yeah, guy. but it all makes sense at the end. Yeah, absolutely. But so, but it's, it is disappointing that so much has just been a total red herring, I think. Because I wanted to be really getting to the guts of the case throughout. And when you realise that a lot of what you've heard and trying to piece together yourself is total but, fabrication. But that's part of the process of, of this type of plot. No, 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 it's it's, it's not, not necessarily. It is, it no, is. no, it's not because it's specifically to do with the fact they're all in on it. Well, no, but I also I disagree because you know part of the detective's job in any mystery is always to discern the truth from the lie, and all of the suspects lie. That's that's part of the course for this type of narrative. This type of narrative, but I'm the Maltese Falcon. I know, but I'm saying you in, know, I'm saying in this specific one, the fact that everyone is, they're they're all in on it, so. Because you know you don't think that everyone's in on it from the start, unless you're very perceptive or whatever. You know the story. Okay, right? it's true. No, the, you, so you know, so I'm so when I'm the originality it, of this plot is that they're all in it and they all did it. Right, and and I will get on to what I like about that, but what I didn't like is the fact that it it does mean that while I'm looking for, you know, while I'm trying to weigh up the truth in what everyone says about what happened last night and what their whereabouts were. The fact that it all of that stuff turns out to be completely not not true is quite disappointing because I was I was you know getting invested in that. So when so when the doctor said I can vouch for him, I was with him all night. I you know I, that's that's like a piece of information that I you know took in and tried to weigh up. And then the fact that all of that turns out to be irrelevant because they are all covering up the fact they all did it. That's quite disappointing. What it does do, on the other hand, that's good, is it makes sense of the fact that everyone on this train knows this guy. (laughs) Like, why? I'm going, why is everyone, why does everyone know this guy? And the fact that it was a plan and they're all in it together, that makes sense of that. That's, that's, I like that. Like, because otherwise it was so, too much of a coincidence. To me, the two. And actually, Prara should have said that, to be honest. Why does everyone know this guy? Something's going on. Well, I think he does, really. Like, you know, as the pieces begin to fall together. But um, anyway, I I I I disagree with the point about. Well, I can't well, you disagree. Can't, you, you can't disagree with my experience. No. <laughs> no, you I can... can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to, but I can't. <laughs> well, I, I think it's fair enough. Like it's, it's something that the plot has to do, I suppose, because it has to drag you in this one direction to then be able to surprise you. No, but I, you with I do the think way. that, and you know, an important aspect of mysteries is that the, the suspects lie. They all do. So you're actually. I'm not saying I expect them to tell the truth. You know, if you, if, I think you're, you're just saying that the plot fooled you into believing aspects that no, you no, then it, had to discard. Obviously, obviously, the plot fooled me because I didn't see what was going to happen. Mm. But which is a success. Sure, but it felt like like it had kind of wasted my. I felt my attention had been wasted almost. You know, like I was really, I really wanted to, you know, figure out, you know. I was I was paying attention to the clues yes. in a way that then it turned out I really needn't have. Right. Do you know what I mean? I was I adding up lies that it wasn't like a bit of truth here and a bit of truth there and I missed the mark. It was just I I, I didn't need to pay attention to any of that. All of that stuff was not true. The film kind of like I say has to do that in order for the outcome to well it well when you talk to when you talk to suspects when you, t- when, you talk to when you when you see a film in which someone is talking interrogating someone obviously you you don't just dismiss what they're saying right you think it's a lie here or a truth there or whatever you take you, you you try and weigh it up so the film has to do that 
it's just it's just disappointing on that one hand that in order for the for the plot to ultimately make sense, so much of what I really bought into was just discarded. Right. That's just, I, but that's kind of you can't really do anything about that. That's just what the plot has to do, and ultimately, I think it serves the plot because the plot goes to goes to a place which I think is interesting. I just, I just personally felt a little bit sad. I want to just clarify that I wasn't really nitpicking that. That's just my personal experience of the way it went. Because, because as I say, it, the fact that everyone was in on this together is clever. It's yes. not something I expected. It makes sense of the central, inc- the central weirdness of the film, yeah. which is that everyone on the train knows this guy. That just doesn't make sense until it turns out yes. they're all in on it together. Um, and how did you think the last shots where they're all like? in an archway, in a cave, like, sat around, like, you know, Christ's apostles in the Last Supper. I really tried to sort of get away from, from that. I tried to think, this can't really be a twelfth, uh, uh, no, uh, Last Supper thing. It probably it isn't, is. but it, it kind it, of it has oh, that totally, resonance you, anyway. You can't ignore that image. Like, it yeah. really, they're not, like, acting it out, but they're all sat on the one side of this big, long table. Yeah. There's something Last supper about it. And yes. think, why, though? And they're all facing Poirot, like, exactly. you know... Um, so it's quite anyway. beautiful, and it, well, not beautiful, but it's kind of interesting to look at. But in terms of, uh, I uh, thought it was quite stagey. And, oh, sure, yeah, you know, kind of. But I think like the whole film is kind of it's writerly and stagey in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, but actually, so that's interesting then because I didn't mind it in other aspects of the film, but that one it just felt like too forced. You yeah. know, I right. mean, he couldn't think of a more imaginative way of grouping the characters together inside the train, <laughs> like. You know what are well, they going to do? Isn't the way that everyone always does it just inside the train? Just yeah, but around. but you know why would they go outside in the cold and sit in the snow? Because they were to, to have the, the final conversation. The oh yeah, that's true. Well, you know, I mean, because 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 of our because it's manipulative artifice. It's there for the pleasures of the audience. Well, I I, I mean, one thing that it can definitely be said about this Poirot is that he's a bit of a showman. Yes, he is. He's not. He's not. He's not overly. That's about that, but he's, he he likes the attention, as does yes. Kenneth Branagh. I don't know when you see David Suchet playing him, you know he's always like this fuddy-duddy little fat man, you know, um, a bit melancholy, kind of a bit conceited. I actually think that he brings out all of these aspects of that character in a way that Kenneth Branagh just doesn't, mm. you know. So I think, and then to me, you know, Kenneth Branagh is one of those people who's like a, a very, very skilled actor. But I take no pleasure in just looking at him the way I do with Michelle Pfeiffer, Penelope Cruz, or Johnny Depp, right? So, you know, and, to, and so to to give himself so much time to me was a bother. <laughs> one one, one um, bit of pacing bothered me where he, 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 he speaks to his girlfriend or wife. Who, yes. She dead? Yes, so that's him. no. She's uh, according to this film, she's dead. Okay, and he speaks to her and he says, "Ah, oh, my dear Catherine, I do not know what I'm going to do." Even though you know <laughs> he should be speaking in bloody French. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kenneth Branagh clearly can speak French and German, or at least he can speak those particular lines he's learned. Yes. So there's no reason. Anyway, and the film's not afraid of subtitling every now and again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, he speaks to his to his to his uh, deceased paramour, and. Um, and That's says, a... I, I don't know what I don't know what what happened. I don't know what the case is. Oh my god, I don't know it. And then immediately he comes out with an accusation to Daisy Ridley's character. And you're like, oh, so you do know, mm. even though he does, he is wrong. But still, it's like I thought you didn't know, but now you do. There's something just kind of a bit second rate about Branagh as a director. You know, yeah. it's like, and that's an example of it because you know he's by himself in his compartment, you know, talking to a picture of his dead wife. So you know, why does he speak? To you know, to her in English. It's 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 those little details and But it's also you know, that's actually so inspired like the camera just sits there on his face, he's not very happy. It's plinky blonky music. Okay. I felt I mean like I've seen that. I, I don't I I didn't feel anything the whole point of there is just for him to go, I don't it's that's him to tell the audience, I don't know what the answer is and I'm totally lost. I know. Yeah, but he gives, but he gives himself this whole area, you know, where he denies us, the, you know, the pleasure of seeing Penelope Cruz for two more bloody minutes. That selfish bastard. So, <laughs> so here's the last thing, right? Well, not the last thing, but what, the last kind of point that I knew I know I wanted to make, um, and something I wanted to ask you about. It turns out that all of these people have together decided we are going to kill this guy because of the pain he's caused us mm. through his actions. They've all been impacted in some way. 
and they've, they've all had to deal with this pain. So they drug him and they kill him together. They each stab him. And Poirot lets them away with it. Yes. Poirot says, I've under- the, the scales of justice weigh differently in this case. Or, or, I under- or something like that. He says, I understand that they... I can't remember what he says, but it's along those lines, right? The scales of justice are not always... The way we think. Yes, I, I don't think that's very well handled because, I, I I mean, my memory is very vague. I mean, I haven't seen the original Murder on the Orient Express for 20 years at least. And uh, likewise, I read the book when I was a teenager. You know, but it, it seems to me that there was a more complex... I have this vague memory that there was a more complex answer given that the reason why no one could be charged, though everyone said, it's me, it's me, it's me, like in a self-sacrificing way, was um, that... You know, because thirteen people did it, no one could be held. Well, that maybe that's less satisfying than the way it's handled in this film. I think because in this film it's a moral choice, not a practical one. In this film, he 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 basically says, "I could choose to give the police all the details at the next stage and have you all arrested." He pretty much says that. But he says, "I have chosen not to. I have spoken to the police." and said that it was a random assailant who came in the night and stabbed him and went away. And because I'm Poirot, they believe... it's actually an interesting kind of idea of an abuse of power. Because he's Poirot, they'll believe him. And so he tells them a lie, saying that some guy did it, and then just went away, and saves the fate of everyone on the train and says, you're going to have to learn to deal with this yourself, what you've done. I think there's an, a moment before that, which again, you know, don't believe what I say, but in my memory... It was. It was also. Um, it, it it appears in previous versions of it, where uh, Poirot puts them to the test, like in this film, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, and because none of them could kill him, right? The, yeah. So yeah, when, he when the, gives gun, the gun gives them the gun, they have an opportunity to kill him, but instead, you know, uh, Michelle the Michelle Pfeiffer character decides to shoot herself. Therefore, proving that none of them are killers, mm. right? But proving them not in a court of law. Though we also have an interesting thing in the film that the, previously the court of law had actually resulted, convicted the wrong woman and resulted in her death. Right. So, so it does have a kind of... But really, it's so superficial. Like, I liked it. I mean, I thought that was interesting. I, I, again, the thing that you're expecting is Poirot finds the dude who did it and sends him down. And that's not what happens, right? It's like it, it's not it, the the story is substantially not over once he's figured out who did it. You know, well, the, the climax obviously of... is always going to be that, and I've got everyone here, and I will now tell you how it happened. That's they always he always that's yeah, that's, that's part of the structure of these films. He always gathers them together and tells them how it happened. Exactly, but then this like it's there's still this important plot point after that, which is I've made a decision on my own about. Yes. Okay. Your well, first. whatever. I th- I thought that was interesting. I, uh, <laughs> no, I think I think that's certainly more interesting than a, than uh, than a practical thing about well, I can't send you down because I can't prove which one of you specifically well, did it. Yes, I suppose though. You know, you could you. Could, that's a bit boring. Though. Well, but it's a combination of all of those things. Imagine subsequently having to prove which knife went in first because you can't convict other people from you know for for stabbing someone who's already dead. Yeah. Well, to find your corpse. <laughs> in a 1930s film, but, I, I, I know what you mean, but I think it's, some set it's, in the, it's the more interesting kind of dilemma. Where it's, anyway, where it's I'm, I'm, I also know what you mean, and I'm interested in what you have to say because you know that is also the difference between having seen the film before, even though you know I'm not reliable in my memory of it, really, uh, and not. But I did you very clearly know who had done it. Mm. You know that I was sure of my memory. Uh, and therefore, you know, kind of those elements of who done it were to me not part of the pleasures that the film had to offer. So, well, you know, another, and neither was the resolution. Well, then know, there's I another thing, which that. is when a film has, uh, you know, an important revelation to make, as we've spoken about before. Rather, again, we keep coming back to Blade Runner. We always do in Blade Runner. There's an important revelation mm. to the main character, and then watching the film a second time is a pleasure because of the information you now know. Yes, um, and you see it in your mind. It, it, it plays out differently. Um, 
so for you, I guess you won't have that experience watching this film a second time, but the first time, were you picking up on the way people behave towards Johnny Depp, that sort of thing? No, I can't. I mean, I can't remember that because, as I said, it was so long ago. No, no I meant watching this film. Oh, watching it, this film. It, we we looking at the way people, knowing what the end, what the resolution would be. Yes, but, but actually I was focused on other things, you know, and that might be my own limitations, you know, because I thought what the film did well was the clothes and the decor and the lighting and how everything was so beautiful and watching the stars, right? So really, you know, so I was focused on, for example, you know, I knew that Johnny Depp was the killer. So, you know, then I was focused on kind of, you know, how he was playing it, right? Mm. Um, The person who was killed, the victim. Everyone else was the killer. Well, he was killer and killed, yeah? Oh, right, sorry. So, so, you know, I was was focused on all those things. You know, when I was like looking at Judy Dench, I was I was remembering Wendy Hillier, you know, who for me was an important thing because until I saw Murder on the Orient Express, I didn't even know who Wendy Hillier was really. Mm. You know, so you know you have these other things echoing in your mind, but but for me, a bottom line is, you know, if if is that if I saw this film on playing on television, I would stop and watch it again. You know, yes. I, I would. Uh, you know, those pleasures that it offers would still be on offer and you'd look at it, you know, for, for different things. I, I, I would watch it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go to the cinema it's to watch a bit, it it's, a, it's, it's got but, a little bit of a kind of Sunday afternoon ITV exactly. movie feel to it, hasn't it? It is. Which is not the worst thing because those films tend to be, they keep you going, like Mrs. Doubtfire and all the James Bonds. Yes. No, it's, <laughs> it's excellent, actually. Uh, one thing that I, 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 I'm still confused about who some of the people are. I don't think the film does a good job of... Everyone, everyone is related... To each other through this, through this uh, Johnny Depp character, yes. and, and these Anderson Anderson family. Who is Michelle Pfeiffer's character? Michelle Pfeiffer is the mother of the 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 woman who died in childbirth because of the shock of this kidnapping. Yeah, you see, I think it's. I mean, and she was a famous. There is too much. I say there's too much detail. It's not there's too much detail, but it's just it's not explained well. I think I I was I I was muddled by. Okay. By the all the, the details of of the historic case that brings them together, that there are some elements which I, well, are. I, I think they were all clear to me. Okay. Um, you know, uh, um, I, though again, I, you know, I've I've seen this in various versions, so I don't know if it's just a cumulative knowledge or if it was from the film itself. But I think they're all explained because they're all part of the plot resolution. So you know, the guy who was the chauffeur, who then you know. Uh, uh, the 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 father was nice enough to lend him money to start his own car dealership, you know, or the guy who'd been a cop on the case and you know who'd been uh, going out with the maid and you know and then he wants revenge because she basically committed suicide out of after being indicted for a crime she didn't commit. I thought I thought everyone was explained. Well, it kind of is, but for me it happened very very quickly. Um, not not none of it's brief, but as as Poirot goes through. You know, and then we have this guy who, and this was his relation. Then we have this woman, and he and he, the, he goes through each of them. It does happen quite quickly, and at, at a certain point, it's kind of there's so much information which I'm I'm still really learning at that point who these people are because mm. that's when he's explaining it. Um, it's you know that, that's the moment where he's going and this and this is you and this is you and this is you and it's all explained then because if you knew it beforehand, it wouldn't be such a revelation. Mm. So you're learning it all at once, and it's kind of coming at you thick and fast. And I'm, I'm going, I can't keep up. So I'm kind of having to take the film's word for it that he's right. Obviously he's right because he's figuring it out. That's what he does at this mm. point in the film. But it, it, I'm just kind of... The, the film is... The film's going, yeah, this is... Just trust me on this. <laughs> there is one, one more thing. I was going to say. Oh, I like the last shot. I like the last shot. What do you like about it? I like the way that it was so spectacular, you know, that... You had the train going in one direction and, you know, then you, you had the view of the train and the hills and the snow and Poirot walking in the front of it and the car waiting to go in the other direction. But I... Beautifully it, staged. And it had kind of like this melancholy air. Yes, that's know. exactly the word that was on my mind. No. I found it melancholic. And I, I think... it's and, and it's related to um, the way that I saw those final moments where he it, it becomes a moral question of Poirot because he's had to look at the case in a way that he doesn't normally look at cases. Mm. And he's made this decision to 
let these people away with a murder. It's still a murder, even if it's a you know horrible person. Yes. And this is kind of when, and then he wants to go back to his holiday, and obviously he can't because the death on the Nile has to happen. Yes. Um, and so while so it's not just that they're going in different directions, but the train kind of symbolizes this change that he's had to make. Right, you're told from, right from the start of the film he's he's about he logic lies. and balance. Yes, logic and balance. The first thing you see of him is he, he wants these two boiled eggs, and he wants them to be level in height, and yes. they're not. And uh, you know, and, and then he accidentally steps in dog shit, yes. or, or probably camel shit, because it's in it's in uh, Israel, uh, Palestine at the time. And um, and he says it's not the fact that I stepped in dog shit; it's the fact that there's an imbalance. Mm. So he steps in dog shit with his other foot to make yes. sure that's fine. So everything is about logic and balance. But at the end, and in the end, I have to learn to live with the imbalance. So something really important has happened to. Him. Oh, that's interesting because you know you could argue the opposite. You could argue that it, the the murder is a balance in its own. We're thinking, but he, well, you could do, but I'm, I'm just going on. That's the line he actually has. Yes. I'm just learning to live with it. And so, you know, like on that car ride back to back to Cairo, he's going to be thinking about that, what yes. he's done the whole way. And this train going off in the other direction symbolizes something huge that's happened to him. This is not just an, an episodic, you know, this is one of the Praros. Mm. This is a big deal for him. He did mm. something that he was not used to. Well, it definitely has that melancholy air, you know. So uh, your reading is a much more interesting one than mine, um, you know. Which uh, I think, it, uh, you know, and, and maybe that's and some justification. By, no, it's supported by the film. Well, maybe that's some justification for, for him having a bigger role than you expected. Well. It does at least, you know, <laughs> you know it's not like, because it, it's not like I'm the hero because I solved the case, aren't I brilliant? It's I'm the hero, I solved the case. But this is this is different. This is meaningful well, to me as a character. Um, I'm sure that that was probably Kenneth Branagh's justification for it. Well, it, you know, but it also got through to me. <laughs> you just like your bloody Anthony Perkins. I'm too cynical. I just <laughs> think, you know, he beefed up his part at the expense of the other people. Yeah, you might be right. But I just find, you know, some justification. This is what always happens, man. I always fucking end up liking the movie. Like, if I hate a movie in the cinema, and then I talk about it to you, I end up fucking liking it, because all I'm able to think about is, oh, well, actually, this was good, and this was good, and I like this, and this was the reason, and I can never remember why I hate something. That fucking Reese Witherspoon film we saw, I forgot how shit a time I had in that, because <laughs> like I wanted to leave so many times, and, and then we came back and talked to her, and I was like, oh, no, actually, I actually kind of like, how do I, how do I do that to myself? Well, you like this one from the beginning, though. I did so, like this from the know, beginning, so and I do I, like I don't think you're ending up too far from where you started, except, you know, with more justification for your point of view. Yeah. No, I did like it. It's, it is mediocre in all sorts of ways. Yes, but it's also but it's, it's so likeable. Yes. That's a good note to end on. Yes. <laughs>